We see the sun setting on Firmament College, casting long shadows over its stately halls and verdant campus. The first week of spring semester has arrived, bringing with it a unvarnished sense of promise and possibility. Gone are the troubles and anxieties of fall finals. The stagnant emptiness of the holidays swept away. The school is alive again, crackling and teeming with excitement and energy. We see a young man making his way slowly across campus, his unsteady gait a clear sign that the back-to-school celebrations have already begun. Behind him in the distance, we can see the remnants of a house party being broken up by campus security. A handful of other students are dispersing into groups of twos and threes into the growing darkness. The boy pulls out his phone as he stumbles back towards the dorms, its soft blue light straining against the swelling darkness around him. He opens a dating app and begins idly swiping through potential matches, his thumb flitting back and forth in rote behavior, until one profile catches his eye, a dazzling woman in a fiery red dress. For a moment he stops dead in his tracks, dumbstruck, before hastily swiping right. Almost immediately there is a buzz in his palm indicating a match. A message from her appears on the screen, saying simply, Can you meet tonight? He pauses for a moment, not wanting to appear too thirsty, before furiously tapping out a reply. Totally. Up for a drink? I'm near FC. He waits eagerly for a response as he arrives back at his dorm room. But none comes. He waits, and he waits, and he waits. But there's nothing. The hours grow long as he sits at his desk, staring at the picture on his phone. Until, at last, in the early hours of the morning, he gives up, tossing the device into the corner before pouring himself into bed. The next morning, we see another bleary-eyed college student slowly approaching the dorm room. He fumbles with his keys for a moment before pushing the door open. Inside, he sees his roommate Brad, lying on the floor unmoving and unresponsive, curled up in a ball in the corner. Hello everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I am Quinn, your keeper of Monster and Mysteries. With me today are Hannah. Hi, I'm Hannah. I play JR the Crooked. Tio. Hi, I'm Tio, and I play Constance the Expert. And Kyle. Hi, I'm Kyle. I play Alvin the Monstrous. Now, Quinn, I know this might require an edit, but I just want to make sure I heard you right. Did you say he was thumbstruck? Because <sighs> Thumbstruck is very good. It is. It is very good. <laughs> I, I didn't say Thumbstruck, but it's way better. So, yeah. Kyle, now you're the game master. <laughs> <laughs> so, before we jump into our third mystery here, Constance, you leveled up during the holiday episode. Is that correct? It is indeed. Do you know what advancement you're going to take? Yeah, possibly. I am um, <laughs> in true me spirit. 
and constant spirit, really. Um, I'd like to do something with your permission because, boy, howdy, will it require some work from you and also stretching the rules just a little bit. Just a little, just a little bit. Listening. Um, I would like to add something to my haven. I would like to add a workshop. It creates a space for building and repairing guns, cars, and other gadgets. And you work out with the keeper how long any repair or construction will take and if I need any extra supplies to make it happen. What I'm imagining here, Quinn, is that, you know, the new year is upon us. Constance, like many others, uh, does indeed try to hold to a New Year's resolution. And she has been cataloging all of the weapons, like all the antiques from her boonie. And she has decided that it's about time that she finally take that metal and woodworking class at the university. She gets a real sweet discount through her parents. And she's going to take what she learns in that 101 class and apply it to really, like, think full-on steampunk up these old weapons to be, A, (laughs) more reliable, and B, able to fit in a modern woman's purse. Some of which, admittedly, will be more art than function. Nice brush. Yeah, (laughs) or, you know, some things are just, like, works of art. This This is really Constance getting into her sculpture phase, in a way, but via weaponry. So, yeah. So here's what I'll say. Firmament College is a liberal arts college, uh, and I don't think they have anything along these lines. Aww. They have a sculpting class, maybe, but it's not really what you're looking for. You go to the Front Range County Community College, and they have some classes that are more in line with what you're thinking, but you audit the first week, and there's there's no weaponsmithing. Uh, <laughs> there's no nothing along these lines. So my uh, here's how I think this move is going to work for you. You do know one person who certainly could help you create all manner of strange and weird gadgets, and that person is Stan. Oh, shit. Ah. Yeah, my boy. And if you'll recall, Stan's uh, workshop was recently destroyed, and so Stan (laughs) would very much like to have a a new place to do his tinkering. So if you want to take the workshop move for your haven, that's totally cool. The way it'll work is that Stan is going to be your mentor, and he will occasionally uh, want to use the workshop space for his own creations. Oh, I get to be an apprentice. Oh, this is really everything to Constance. Uh, yes, 100% on board. We'll we'll work out the, the details later. I think sort of basic foraging item creation and repair is just a matter of time. If you want to make something real crazy, I'll, I'll probably have to come up with some sort of custom move, but we can cross that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> oh, we will come to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, that bridge might be, you know, 10 minutes down the line in this episode, but we'll see. <laughs> so before we get into it, uh, I do want to do a quick recap of the holiday special because I know some folks don't like to listen to special episodes and there were a few important plot points that everyone should be aware of. First, we met a new character, the aforementioned Stan, who is an overall righteous dude and the owner of the ski stand where Alvin works up at the Thimble Ski Resort. Uh, Second, during the hijinks at the Solstice Soiree, Alvin's sister Sarah learned about his wolfish condition and uh, did not respond particularly well. And third, after a wild tussle with some sentient communist Christmas toys, JR got her magical skeleton key back. And if that sentence does not entice you to listen to the holiday episode, then I don't know what will. (laughs) 
So it's been about three weeks since the incident at the Solstice Soiree, uh, and a little over a month since the consensus. There have been rumors around town that something strange happened at the Soiree, but none of the well-to-do attendees are saying anything unusual or untoward. The official police report states that the disturbance was the result of a bear that stumbled upon a case of craft beer chilling outside and briefly decided to crash the party, which almost certainly would have made local news if there was any evidence that that had actually been true. But nonetheless, with no one else coming forward, there is really not much of a story to tell. While the last three weeks have been quiet on the supernatural front, there have been a few developments on the mundane side of things. Alvin, the morning after you all got back, you awoke to find that Sarah had moved out of your apartment. Oh. Uh, she left you a short note saying that she had got permission to move into the dorms early, and you have not heard from her since. E. JR, two days after that, you received a call from Chief Stoney to give you a heads up that the FBI had opened an investigation into the break-in at the Colorado National Laboratory. Shit. An agent arrived in town a few days prior and was meeting with officials from the lab. He told you everything was okay on the FPD side, but you should try to keep a low profile until things blow over. Did he happen to mention the name of the agent or anything like that? One Agent Pax. Quinn, is this a name that I would recognize? No. Okay. Great. Wonderful. Constance, you've been pouring through your library studying the broken disc shard, but your efforts have yielded precious little new information. You're pretty sure the sigils are a cipher of some kind, but even if you knew the 13 scripts whose letters you've identified in the etchings, there are other bits that don't correspond to any written language that you can find. The one larger symbol, the eye with a vortex at the center, could have any of a dozen different meanings. And while you no longer feel a sense of dread when you are near the disc, you haven't received any useful information from your boonie since the vision of the cave. Cool. Is there anything else that the three of you would like to establish has happened over the past three weeks since the winter solstice soiree? Yes. Do tell. The uh, note and instructions for Alvin, He in the week he had to do it, he drew the circle on his door. Okay. Are you fucking kidding me, Alvin? Gotta find answers. It's an agreement to meet. Mm. Mm. Also, you know nothing of this. That's I right. Know, but I know. Duplicity. <laughs> <laughs> Um, JR was out of town for a solid week and was not reachable. And when she came back, she mumbled something about going to upstate New York and gave Constance a keychain from Hawaii and Alvin a small potted cactus from Arizona. Oh. And that is all she is going to say about that trip. Okay. Constance, anything you want to establish? Yes. The first thing that she had Stan teach her is how to change a lock. And she has changed <laughs> the lock on her bathroom door. It's a separate <laughs> lock from all the others. You think You think that's going to keep me out with my key? That's so cute. It's more <laughs> a symbol of like this. Ne- the, the, she's reclaiming her space a little <laughs> bit. Not a lot because she knows that JR can get in there. It's more of a it's like a, a politeness thing of like, hey, you know, maybe we split the bathroom more equally in the future. Plus, it's an easy project. <laughs> you came home the day after you changed that lock to find JR in the tub. Damn it. <laughs> 
And JR, you arrived at the studio your first day back to see that part of the living room has been converted into a uh, much more industrialized workshop. Hmm. And Stan is there and he's hammering away at some crazed contraption. <laughs> and uh, he pulls up his uh, metal visor, which I'm sure has a name, and looks at you and says, Oh, hey, hey, JR, how's it going? Hi, Stan. What are you doing here? Constance wanted to do, to start learning some some smithing. Wanted to learn a little uh, gadgetry. So, yeah, you know, just uh, doing a little little mentorship. Especially what? since, you know, my workshop got destroyed. Yeah, yeah. So I have a, I, I just have a, a little question for you, Stan. Well, maybe a couple of questions. And I hold the key up. It's like whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, don't point. You gotta. You don't point that I'm thing. I'm not. At me. I'm not. Stan. That thing's Stan, dangerous, Stan, man. Stan, it's my Stan. It's my key. Where did you get it? I didn't get it. I think one of the kids had it. One of the kids had it. Okay. All right. Hmm. Stan, the key's not going to hurt you. It's my key. It's fine. It's it's not going to hurt you. And I put it back in my pocket. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, hey, <laughs> I want to turn in that tub later. Constance said I could use it. She what? Well, Constance <laughs> said I could use the bathtub. I mean, she didn't, she didn't like, say it with her words, oh, but it was God. sort of implied in the whole situation of me, <laughs> That's like... That's fine. Yeah. Okay, so the, the deal is, you can use the tub for as long as you want, you can listen to as much music, but only Sarah McLaughlin, but you do have to replenish the bath bombs. Constance is very fussy about them. That's fine. I make my own. Yeah. Oh, oh no. Oh, boy. That's very... I am, I am totally on board with this. He can, he can share tub time if he also shares bath bombs. Yeah, Stan is quickly becoming uh, your roommate in addition to your mentor. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a studio anymore. This is his way, man. This is his way. When I first got the job, he lived with me for four months. What? You have to <laughs> <told> me that? <laughs> that is canon for sure. <laughs> um, Just ask Leon. Yeah, yeah, he was with Leon for five months. <laughs> so... We're going to come into the story on a crystal clear, if bone-chillingly cold, day in Firmament. Uh, Although I'm sure you've all been in in close communication and and meeting regularly to discuss the the strange happenings of the town, I think on this day we find the three of you doing your own thing. JR, what does laying low look like for you? You're trying to avoid the attention of the FBI. So what what are you up to on this particular day? this uh, uh, just a, any given day yeah that's a good question um so laying low i mean jara wants to keep her senses honed so i i do definitely take short walks around the neighborhood you know stretch my legs but i am generally sticking around the apartment and checking the police scanner to see if i hear anything okay i think that conversation with stan happens on one of your studio days and he's probably. around probably yeah. like once or twice a week is there anything else you get up to while you're staying at the studio because I've got the key back, I'm probably just practicing with it. But again, I have the feeling that it's not, like, not a whole lot is happening. Because I think the magic really only works when I am in a really emotionally charged situation or there's something online. So I think I'm probably doing that. And then I'm also, um, JR is a fan of trashy detective novels. So there's like a small stack of them on the floor that she's been working her way through. And they just, you know, they um they just kind of appeared in the apartment, you know, from a bookstore. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Uh, when you're practicing with the key, you are actually able to, even in a relatively neutral scenario, mm-hmm. make the magic work. Okay. Okay. That's new. 
Yeah, and you have both more control and it feels stronger than before. It's difficult to quantify, but it feels more potent. Okay. In a way that you can't quite put your finger on. Okay. Well, I kind of like to, um, so, so we've got the disc there. Does the disc do anything when I try magic on it? What do you try to do? Tell me how it goes. So I have the key in one hand and I put my other like over the disc and I go, reveal yourself. When you get within a few feet of it, the key starts to hum furiously. Okay. In kind of an exaggerated way that it usually does when you hold it near a lock. What happens if I touch the key to the disc? When you bring the key closer, it starts to pull towards the broken fragment of disc. Like, does it get stuck like a magnet? As the key draws closer, you'll Mm -hmm. recall that the disc has almost a field around it, like looking at the horizon during a heat wave. Yeah. And as the key gets closer, that field starts to grow and expand. And the sigils, the, the etchings, start to glow a bright white light along with your key. And the field starts to distort and change. And just at the perimeter of the disc, you start to see this phenomena. The color that you can see inverts, and it looks like you're staring at a photo negative. And everything starts to swirl and change in ways that you can't understand, but seem to inherently make sense as you look at it. And the only time you've seen this before is in the fallen remnants of this Dragoi. And as the key gets closer, it starts to pull more strongly. And unless you physically restrain it, that key is going to collide with the disc. I don't think I want it to collide with the disc. Okay, I take a step backwards. I need you to act under pressure to keep the key away. Oh, cripes. All right. Uh, Six, seven, eight. Uh, It is a nine. A worse outcome, a hard choice, or a price to pay. Hmm. JR, (laughs) here's the worst outcome. Oh boy. Pulling these two objects apart is going to create a significant magical effect that will likely be visible to certain people and or creatures for a wide radius. Okay. That's the, I guess, hard choice and or worse outcome. Okay. Do I know that this is sent off like a, a alert beacon? No, I mean, if you want to pull it away, you, you're not going to know this is going to happen. Yeah, there will I'm be a negative consequence. Okay. Um, I will pull it away. I, Hannah, know that I have just sent up a flare, but JR does not. So you pull this away mm-hmm. and you have to wrench it. And as you do so, there is a sound like a thunderclap and a burst of force radiates outward. It doesn't strike you because you seem to be at the center of it with mm-hmm. this object, but... It knocks everything off of the walls and shelves in Constance's studio, and it seems to go out through the walls, and you can hear car alarms going off outside, uh, and neighbors starting to exit and wondering what's (laughs) happening. And the lights flicker, and in the neighborhood surrounding you, you can see this pulse of electricity go off. And, And whatever you have done to stop the key from colliding with this disc has had a a major impact. Great. Great. It's just great. And even, even as you are, Even as you remain nearby, that distorted field around the disc is still pulsating, and the key is still humming furiously. Well, I think I'm going to put the key down, and I'm going to take the disc, and I'm going to go put it in Constance's uh, storage locker. 
Sure, why not? <laughs> then I'm going to shut it, and I'm going to lock it, and I'm going to go back into the apartment and uh, sit quietly and not make any sound. Laying low is going excellently. It's going super well. Oops. <laughs> Alvin, the morning after you take the chalk and mark your door, you open it to find another letter waiting outside. This one is unmarked and unaddressed, and its contents are simple. A pair of numbers, and I think you quickly recognize them as coordinates. Hmm. And when you put them into your phone, they reveal a location deep within the moonscape. Hmm. Uh, is this after Sarah has left, or is this kind of... I think this is after Sarah's left. Okay. Yeah, I think he, uh, keeps that on the, like, Maps app on his phone as he goes about his morning business. He even takes a look at his Postmates app, sees if there's any deliveries <laughs> between here and the moonscape. <laughs> Got hustle. Yeah, there's one. Great. Um, yeah, tap, taps accept on that. So you head across town, you, um... You successfully make the delivery. I think it's just a college student who doesn't want to go out. You know, they thank you and they give you kind of a lousy tip, but you're pretty close to the moonscape at this point. It's going to roll up to the moonscape, kind of park the bike, lock it up, and uh, heads out like he's going for a geocache into the moonscape. And it is pretty desolate. The moonscape is more popular during like shoulder season. Mm -hmm. It gets pretty cold in the winter and obviously pretty hot in the summer, so... It's a little spooky walking through these canyons, these ridges, these strange formations in this bitter cold as the sun around noon is still pretty low in the sky. But you make your way deeper and deeper until up ahead you can see from your GPS tracker the location that was proffered to you in the letter is just a short distance away. There is a wide valley in these ridge lines. And in the center, there are these tall cairns, these snaking stone sculptures that show all the different bands of color, the striations, dark blue and red and purple. And as you make your way closer, standing in the center of these twisting columns is a man. He is tall and slightly gaunt, with dark hair that runs down to his shoulders. He is clad in a heavy black wool greatcoat that runs nearly head to toe, but you can see a crimson cravat poking up just beyond the neckline. Mm. And he doesn't move at all as you approach until you're about 10 paces away when he gives a slight nod in your direction. Uh, As I approach, looking at the coordinates on my phone, I also just tap to turn on location sharing with Leon. Okay. A little note. Going for a hike, just, you know, buddy system. Uh, You get a thumbs up response. Great. Pocket. As you approach, this man turns to face you. Master Hughes, I am very glad you decided to accept my invitation. I was a bit worried, given your close connection with J.R., you might find it untoward, but I believe that we can reach an agreement that is beneficial for both of us while righting a wrong that's been done. Well, listen, I haven't agreed to any specific action yet. I want to know what kind of information you've got. What sort of information do you need? That blows Alvin's mind a little bit. 
You got any answers for like global warming or, I mean, the, <laughs> that's a very broad question. I need a lot of information. Is my sister going to be okay? Is she going to do good in school? Can How do I like talk to my folks about what's up with this? And I point to my fangy teeth. I assure you, if you deliver the key that J.R. took from me, I will reveal everything about your history, your condition. I will ensure you have the truth. Mm. Is the sun out? Yeah. Okay. Not a vampire. Show me your fangs. Do you have fangs? He smiles. Are you normal, dude? You don't seem like a normal dude. <laughs> I am about as normal as you are, Master Hughes. Okay. So not very. Some have described me as a bit peculiar. So I don't know usually how this sort of exchange goes down. Usually I feel like you gotta grease the wheels a little bit. I know all this stuff you said in the letter you gave me. You've got information about my background. And you want the key. So, what else you got? Very well, I suppose. Could proffer a small piece of information, if that will help grease the skids. Just a morsel. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> Just a little snack. Have you ever wondered why, as a werewolf, you don't give a shit about the full moon? Yeah. Kind of hadn't thought about that. It's because you're not a werewolf. Oh. I mean, that kind of makes sense. I usually don't read about werewolves being able to, like, at will kind of do it. Is that tempting enough for you? And he smiles a broad and deeply troubling smile. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Hey, why'd you pick the moonscape? It's very secluded out here. I guess. I mean, people walk around all the time. You could run into a hiker at any moment. I didn't want to inconvenience you too terribly going out of town a great distance. Kind of feels like this might be your aesthetic. I do quite like it here. Mm -hmm. It's peaceful. Last question. Fire away. Why, why is weird stuff like you and me happening to Firmament? Why here? Oh, Alvin. You sweet boy. You think it's just here. Uh-oh. Okay, last, last question. Is it your key, <laughs> or did you also steal it? It is my key. What, do you, what does it go to? I think you've seen that it goes wherever it wants. Sure. But why was it made? <laughs> so that I could get where I need to go. All right. Single-use kind of thing. If, uh... That's quite all of the questions. I believe there is a deal on the table. And he takes a step towards you and holds out his hand. His arm seems too long. Mm. It gets way closer to you than it should. <laughs> well? Well, where I'm from, we do it a little different. And I hock a spit in your big hand? giant oh, loogie no. in my bear claw hand. <laughs> and I squeeze it real hard. You God. Just to clarify, you squeeze his hand or you his squeeze... Hand. I squeeze his hand okay. with my gross hand. Okay. Oh my gosh. He, um... Like a handshake. <laughs> like, like a big, tough, farm boy, gross handshake. 
He cocks his head to the side just ever so slightly and then smiles that unsettling smile and says, so we have a deal? Close enough. And as you say that, you feel a sharp pain in your hand and you look down and there's a prick of blood dribbling down your palm. Uh Uh-oh. Excellent. Hmm. I look forward to my key in possession soon. Mm-hmm. When you have it, inscribe the symbol on the door again. Just a circle? Yes. Your symbol is like just a circle? That's your symbol? I don't know if you can do that. I don't know if you can claim circles. When you're as old as I am, Alvin, you can claim a great many things. How many patents does this guy hold? This guy invented the wheel. <laughs> wow. And he turns and starts walking away into the moonscape. Oh, fuck. I take a picture of him. Uh, okay. You Alvin, you are in so much trouble. <laughs> oh, my God. What did you just fucking do? <laughs> Alvin. Yeah, Kyle, you and I need to have a private conversation. Yeah, you, oh, buddy, you just like, first of all, oh my god, there's like five different things that are going to happen as a result of that, and I think JR is the least of them. <laughs> I have to say, I'm in- so fucked. I'm impressed. Uh, I don't imagine that Alvin of a couple of months ago would have gone this route, so I'm very impressed. <laughs> Alvin has gone months now with no idea what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Alvin, you snap a picture and it looks like a tall man in a great coat who's walking away from you in the moonscape. Well, I'll figure this out. And uh, I think as you're looking at the phone, you you look down to look at the picture and you look back up and he is gone. Hmm. I inspect my hand. There's a small red circle on your palm. Ah, circle. (laughs) It looks like blood. Yeah. He invented that, too. Yeah, he invented blood. (laughs) Constance. Yes? My question for you is, have you taken Cecilia up on her offer to join a meeting of the Daylight Society? Yes. I've decided I want to do it. Then I think that is where we find you today. Okay. You are at the Prospector. It's pretty early Sunday morning, I think earlier than you would willingly get up of your own volition. And so it's quiet as you make your way inside. All of the tables are, are sort of pushed to the side and there's a just a circle of chairs in the center of the room. And you can see Leon, Jasper, Cecilia. You can see Detective Galvan off in the corner on her phone um, and she's leaning on a pair of crutches. And a handful of other people. Uh, I think you recognize Rahul, the young boy who was taken over by the consensus, as well as two other kids and one or two other folks that you don't recognize. And when Cecilia sees you, she gives you a smile and a wave and pats at an empty chair beside her. I smile at her and I go and I sit down. I'm really glad you decided to come, Constance. Thanks. I'm... Pretty sure I'm glad too. I guess we'll find out. And Leon steps into a small space in the circle and says, Hey everyone, it's good to see you all this this morning. Uh, Welcome to the Daylight Society. I believe we have a new member, a new visitor at least, Constance, and he smiles at you. 
We save this opportunity in the beginning for folks to introduce themselves if they want to. If you would prefer to sit and listen, that's okay. But if you feel like sharing, if you want to tell folks why you're here, that'd be welcome. A few tales of your exploits may have already made their way here. Yeah, seeing who's in the room, uh, some of you are there for that. Hi, as as you all obviously know, or most of you know, my name's Constance. Um, side note, cool name, Daylight Society, dig it. We are meeting still in the dark, though. May I suggest, <laughs> just as a new member, a start time after the sun rises? Just a thought, consistency. Anyway, um, that's my tight five. Uh, I'm working on it. So, what to say? Well, I guess the short thing to say is that I now believe in magic, vampires, creepy takeover. I don't even know how to describe the consensus, but let's just say weird mind controlling entities. And I'm open to other things to pop up in our world, too. Turns out my my family is well-versed in this stuff, especially my uh, my grandma, my boonie, and I am now playing catch-up, so uh, would love to hear what else has been going on that that I wasn't a part of. <laughs> um, yeah, that's why I'm here. Welcome, Constance, and the group, not in unison in a creepy way, but everybody says hello and welcome. The meeting unfolds relatively how you would expect it. The vast majority of the time is kind of an open mic situation. People share stories, news, tidbits, their own experiences, as well as things that they've heard. Most of it is uh, based on your experience, pretty trivial and coincidental, but some things, you know, could be useful. And obviously, the emotional support element is certainly useful for the folks that are gathered around here. Rahul talks about some of the others who were affected by the consensus and the stories that they have shared with him. Jasper shares some of the tales that he's heard from patrons at the Prospector. Most of them pretty outlandish. Everybody laughs. It's a good time. Cecilia gives a rundown of some potentially suspicious injuries and deaths at Firmament General, although everyone agrees that it's, at least for the time being, pretty mundane. And Detective Galvan doesn't say a lot. She looks a little sullen, but she provides a brief update on what she's seeing at the Firmament Police Department. Is there anything that I should know that's going on within the police department? Nothing strikes you as particularly interesting. At the end, Galvan is the last to speak, besides Leon. And Leon says, Thank you, detective. And uh, we're continuing to evaluate leads on the source of the strange happenings here. We're still investigating what role the chief may have in covering some of this up. So if you have any information, please share that with the detective and I. And you can see the sullenness on Galvan's face grow. And now it's just a moment of of almost contempt. Uh, When you say that she has like a look of contempt, is it at Leon who's saying this or is it when she's thinking about Stoney? It's at the mention of Chief Stoney. Ah, okay. Interesting. And then Leon says, 
Unless there's any good of the order, this meeting of the Daylight Society is adjourned. Be safe and speak the truth. Okay. People start to stand up and, and sort of mill around. And uh, Cecilia puts a hand on your, your shoulder, like to check how you're doing, if you're doing okay. Hey, yeah, I, I think that went well. I'd love to chat. Do you mind hanging out a moment? I want to try to catch Detective Galvon before she heads out the door. And you can see she is headed that way, actually. Okay, I am going to try to catch up to her, but I've clearly told Cecilia I want to chat with her afterward. Yeah, no, that's that's totally fine. I need to go talk to Jasper anyway. I'll catch you in a bit. Great. All right, I'm going to run after <laughs> Detective Galvon. <laughs> She's still on crutches, um, so you're, you're able to catch her pretty quickly. And she turns around a bit surprised and says, yes, Constance. Detective, ha- how are you doing? How's recovery? Poor. Okay. I'm Poor Constance. I'm in poor spirits and poor health, if you cannot see. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you went through a lot, but I'm glad to see that you're here and that you're taking steps to get better, it seems like. I am trying. I couldn't help but notice that you seemed a bit apprehensive, some might some might say actually sullen, at the mention of Chief Stoney. Just curious, how are you holding up? I am quite convinced that the chief has been covering up an unseemly threat to this city for an extended period of time. My boss, the person that I look up to, the person that this city looks to to keep them safe, has been keeping it in danger for an unknown purpose. And I am struggling with that. But, if anything... This is an opportunity to bring the truth to light. When you say the truth, do you mean about the stranger happenings in our town? Are you... The strange you... happenings, their source, and anyone who has been concealing them. Hmm. You know, I, <laughs> I've i had my fair share of run-ins with, uh, with your department in various ways, so uh, you can hardly call me sympathetic to the police force, uh, at the very least cautiously apprehensive. So you know that I don't say this uh, lightly, but I feel like there's a lot we don't know in this town, and there are a lot of terrible monsters that seem to lurk around our community, but the one thing that I feel quite confident about is that our town leadership, Stoney included, you included, the people here in this room... We all want the same thing. Seems like we are all trying to make Firmament a safe place. We may not always agree on how to do that, but I have to say I'm pretty confident that we all have that goal. And that's why I'm here. I want to be around more people who have that goal and figure out what the next best step is for the town. Well, Constance, I share that goal with you, but... I am afraid that your optimism is perhaps a bit misguided. Perhaps the truth will reveal the chief to be not culpable, but until we know for sure. I mean, I I guess that's fair, but, you know, you and I experienced a couple of things together, and I'd like to think that I hopefully have your confidence. You know, I I would appreciate a heads up if you decide to make any big moves. You know, I could use all the help I can get, and frankly, so can you, because I guarantee you there's a lot, a lot you don't know either. Yes, your help, and she looks down at her broken leg, 
has been beneficial in the past. <laughs> you know? I'm keeping Leon apprised of my activities. We're working closely together. Okay. If you want to know what's happening, talk to him. And she turns and crutches away. All right, we'll put a pin in that. I'm going to send her a fruit basket. <laughs> okay, I would like to go chat up Cecilia and Leon, frankly, if he's still around. Yeah, I think the two of them are actually talking now. Okay, cool. To make it easy so that we can do them both at the same time. <laughs> yep. Okay. Leon looks at you and beams a broad smile. Constance, I'm glad you came. Surprised, but glad. You know, me too, <laughs> to say the least. I, I got kind of used to, to seeing you around, and then I didn't for a while, and boy, if you didn't grow on me. Um <laughs> I have that effect on people. <laughs> so I've heard, you know, Alvin says a lot of the same. Um, I'm kidding. Alvin's loved you since the moment he laid eyes on you, as you know. <laughs> uh, look, I'm I'm really proud of, of what you've built here. And I really appreciate you getting people on board because, boy, Detective Galvan is not, not a friend of mine, apparently. Um, the consensus was, was hard on her, for sure. She'll come around. Yeah, I'm sure she will. Uh, she has a good heart. My bigger concern with, with really everyone here and with our town is that it won't be soon enough. Things just seem to be escalating. And I'd really like to talk to you both about maybe having a, to put it bluntly, some sort of crisis plan for when the big one hits, when the next big bad shows up. Uh, I, I would like to set up my studio as the evacuation safe space, if you will, or check-in safe space if something goes terribly wrong in our town. Next time it goes terribly wrong, we have to start thinking that way. Um, uh, Leon and Cecilia look at one another, and Leon smiles a little bashfully. We were already planning on coming there if things got bad. <laughs> oh, but oh, okay. Um, it's Constance. It's it's so nice to have your permission to do that <laughs> so thank yep. you yep well and she produces two keys or three keys actually and she hands one to leon and two to cecilia and she goes well now it'll be a little easier uh i've made you all keys you know the studio is home base replenish the bath bombs bring anyone who needs <laughs> protection and that second key cecilia that's for jasper the end of the day if we're all safe that's what matters thank you constance yeah of course um, and leon pulls out his phone real quick and he looks at it and he smiles slightly and then looks at the two of you and says oh hold on i i need to take this um and he takes a step away okay and you can hear his conversation or at least one side of it hey how's it going yeah we're just wrapping up here yeah i wish you could admit what's going on oh you think it's Okay, Galvan and I are, yeah, and he looks at you, Constance. I think I have a solution. Constance is going to go. Yeah, no, it'll be, yeah, yep. All right, yeah, I... and he kind of blushes a little bit. Says, yeah, I, am... I... I miss you too. All right, bye. And comes back. Hey, um... So that was that was Dorian. He's another member of the Daylight Society. He said there's something strange going on at Firmament College. 
I guess they just found some kid in his dorm room in a coma, and it might be connected to something else. Galvan and I were going to do some um, investigative work on the Chief Stony lead. Constance, would you mind meeting him on campus and, and sort of taking the lead on this? Yeah, I would love to. And uh, hey, on that Stony stuff, you know, I'm all for due diligence. Can you keep me apprised of what's going on there? I feel like he has had our back quite a few times and I wouldn't I wouldn't want to throw him under the bus if all he's doing is uh, protecting us from bureaucracy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I I know he and JR are close, but he seems to know way more than most of us, if not all of us, about yeah. what's happening in this town. He's sure known for longer. So yeah. I think we have to chase this lead. I think you do. I just think uh, once the cat's out of the bag, like if you make that stuff public, you can't go back on it. And um, you know as well as I do, some of the people in this town, they don't react well to the strange and scary. So collect all the information we want, but I would love it if we all are in agreement before we do anything with it. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep you posted. We won't do anything until we all talk. All right. You should be able to find Dorian at the, the stacks. You remember where those are? Yeah. Great. It's probably nothing, but stay safe out there. Hey folks, Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode 16 of Monster Hour. We are beyond excited to be kicking off the new year with our third feature-length mystery. I know the real monster is overly optimistic New Year's resolutions, but I think this is going to be our best one yet. I mean, it only has to beat two others, but whatever. Thank you to everybody who's been sharing the show with their friends, both in person and on the series of tubes that is the internet. If you're enjoying the show and you haven't already, we'd love it if you could drop us a rating and review or fire off a tweet using hashtag MonsterHourPod. Don't forget that if you tweet about the show, you might wind up with a character named after you. New mystery means lots of new faces, so now's the perfect time to get tweeting. One more thing before we get back to the show. During these intermissions, we're going to start periodically highlighting other pods that we enjoy here at Monster Hour and think you will too, in a new feature we're calling our Spooky Spotlight. For our inaugural edition, check out this promo for the awesome folks at Roleplay Retcon, who reimagined bad movies using great games. Welcome to Roleplay Retcon Studios! We remake famously disappointing movies using comedy, hindsight, and tabletop RPGs. We take a second pass at guilty pleasures like Batman and Robin or Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and even some controversial favorites like Twilight. But I love those movies! We do too! At the end of each series, we compare our vision to the original films because why the f*** not? I can't wait to listen to Roleplay Retcon, wherever podcasts are available! I'm gonna listen to it before you do! Constance, I assume you loop JR and Alvin in on Leon's charge to you? Oh, yeah. So the three of you make your way just off the Firmament College campus to the Stacks. Constance, you know, as a former Firmament College student, the Stacks is a cafe slash bar just off of campus that used to be Firmament's original library. 
before it was converted into a literary heavy meeting spot. And it remains a, a extremely popular place for students to meet, study, hang out. And Constance hates it because she feels like it's selling out and also because they use books as decoration rather than reading them. And um, also they rejected some of her paintings when she tried to yeah, put them Yeah, up. totally. So the three of you make your way to these stacks. It looks very much from the outside like a old library. On the inside, you are greeted by the robust smell of espresso. And once that billows past, you can pick up a, a softer, more subtle scent of aged wood and old books. And this rather expansive space is indeed filled with stacks and stacks of books. And they form almost a labyrinthian layout. There are tons of different little nooks and pockets and small areas for groups to congregate, but also for people to sit and do their own individual studying. And as the three of you are standing there, approaching in what can only be described as a saunter is a skinny young man wearing khaki pants and a sharply tailored blue blazer. He has bright red-orange hair that is perfectly coiffed, and his face has a little bit of a boyish countenance. The touchstone I want you to envision here is basically a 19-year-old version of Joe Kennedy from Massachusetts. Oh, I was thinking more like a Pokemon trainer. Well, I mean, depends on the Pokemon <laughs> trainer, but... Tomato. It's like the kind that only has Voltorbs. Uh, I don't... We'll go with Joe Kennedy, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he comes up to you and says, Hey, I'm Dorian. Let's see. Fancy suit. You must be JR. And I guess Creepy that would that make you, know that you art girl. And I'm Alvin. Hi. Stick hand out. He shakes your hand. I'd recognize that muzzle anywhere. Leon's told me everything about you. That's oh, so. not, that's not oh. good. Oh, okay. Leon and I are going to have to have a conversation about the circle of trust. Because right now, sir, you are not in it. Even though JR, me Leon too. has let you in. He's in the Daylight Society. It's cool. Hmm. It's cool. Hmm? It's cool. What? Is it cool? Nothing. We'll talk about it later. Don't worry. They don't actually meet in the daylight. I've told them this is an issue. We'll deal with and, it later. Well, it's bad. Dorian <laughs> shoots you a look, Constance, and says, maybe we should uh, get out of the main area here. I've got a table in the back. Why don't you come with me? All right. Sure. I'm just okay. muttering about the circle, trust, circle, trust. As we circle, walk back there, the Constance circle, pulls a tiny print out of her jacket pocket and sticks it up so it looks like it, it was intended to be there in the space and kind of looks around, keeps walking. Doing <laughs> gorilla art. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so <laughs> the three of you uh, make your way towards the back and you can see Dorian has a small booth back there and he takes a seat. Well, I suppose if uh, Leon sent you all, that's the team we're working with. How much did he fill you in? You do know that we're the ones who filled him in, because we're the ones who did all the fighting and the things, right? We're the A team. Yeah, we're the A team. You're kind of looking at us like we're the C team, and that's... 
Different show. Circle, yeah. Trust, circle, trust, <laughs> not circle, yeah. He smiles at the three of you. Well, I'm excited to see what the A-team can do. This morning, there was a student taken to campus health after his roommate found him unconscious on the floor of their dormitory. No injuries to speak of, but word is he uh, still hasn't woken up. I know that might not seem that out of the ordinary for you all, but last week the same thing happened to a freshman over at Ponderosa Hall. According to Cecilia, she passed away a few days later, and not one of the doctors can explain why. Now, that doesn't Mm -hmm. seem like a coincidence to me. Nope, not in this town. Okay, Uh, we definitely have a case. Did these students know each other? Did they go to any of the same places? Let's see what you can do, B-team. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But no, like, you know, what else? What else did you find? He is the, he's not the B-team, he's like the F-team. He smiles gotta at you. Gotta make friends. Gotta make friends, JR. Circle, fucking circle of trust. Gonna F for fancy. There we go. Right. That's positive thinking. Looking sharp. Any clues? As best as I know, the two of them didn't know each other. Different dorm rooms, different social circles. One was a freshman, the other one was a junior, I think. And, of course, one of them's dead and the other one is just in a coma. So, not much in terms of commonality. I would recommend checking out Brad's dorm room over in Aspen Hall. I think he's still at the Student Health Center. The woman who died, her family already took the body. So, there's not going to be much for you to recover there, but perhaps you could interview some of the people that she was close with. I don't know her that well, but she was over in Ponderosa, third floor, room 304. What's your interest in the Daylight Society, Dorian? And I squint at him. (laughs) It's a mighty strange... Menacingly. It's a mighty strange town, and I'm mighty curious. What about you, JR? Mm, Circle of trust. Not in it yet, buddy. Honestly, JR... You. I say I, I say this as Dorian is there. I'm like, honestly, Jr. For a friend of Leon's that isn't Alvin, first of all, checks out totally what I expected, and second <clears throat> of all, also not as bad as I was expecting. So hey, I think we can work with this. Dorian, you're you're exactly what I thought you would be, and that's a compliment. <laughs> Look, Leon's I growing don't think on you me. Meant it as a compliment. I don't Le- think you meant. <laughs> Leon's growing on me, and uh, I'm sure you will too, bud. And I pat him on the head, and I get up to start getting going. I'm very motivated. Yeah, let's uh, beat this popsicle stand. Dorian smiles at you as you say that and says, good luck, A-team. Oh, fuck off. Can't wait to see what you have in store. Oh, fuck off. And Alvin, he winks at you on your way out. You keep those cameras rolling. It's going to be quite the show. Don't, no, don't say that. Don't, no, oh, I like no, that with the rawr. No, no, no. 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 It's already no. done. It's already done. We need to just walk three out now three. real cool. Real cool. No, 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 no. Also, and I drag you out. I drag you out. <laughs> I, I also did, uh, look, I'm saying this is canon. I ordered a coffee and said that it was on his tab. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, I approve um, of this. Where do we want to go? Do we want to go to the dorms first? 
So you have three leads. Go to Brad's dorm room in Aspen Hall. You could go to the Student Health Center where Dorian said that Brad is still being held. Or you could go to Ponderosa Hall where the other victim was found unconscious. I think we should hit up the dorms. I don't think I can go. This is going to sound bad, but I don't think I can go anywhere by myself. And my reasoning for that is a woman striding around in a three-piece suit and a trench coat all by herself on a college campus, like (laughs) going into dorms and stuff, is going to draw a lot of the kind of attention that JR is trying to avoid right now. But if I'm with somebody who looks college age, then I can be like, I don't know, your cool older cousin or something. Uh, I think we should do the um, mom and kids visit dorms routine. Hey, gang? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My child, despite the fact that I'm like 10 years older than you. You just age very gracefully, that's all. <laughs> yeah. Are we daughters or are we sisters? We get that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> do we want to go to Brad's dorm or the other dorm first? I'd go to Brad's because it's fresher, but I'm not the one with the nose, Mm -hmm. huh, Alvin? Brad. All right. All right. Can I go check out Brad's dorm? So you make your way to Aspen Hall. Aspen is one of the newer dorms. It's not reserved for juniors and seniors, but that tends to be the most folks who uh, wind up there. I think Dorian told you the room number as well, which is 212. 212. I would also like to point out, JR asked for my opinion and advice on where we should go, and I did indeed give it, and we are indeed following it, which That's very true. would incur a plus one ongoing while we follow said advice. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it to you. Okay. Plus one. Cool. So, uh, yeah, you, you head to Aspen Hall, you make it up to 212, and you open the door to the room, and inside, it looks like a nicer dorm room. We talked about way back when the, the dorms at Ponderosa Hall, which are like very standard, drab, kind of small dorm rooms. This one is, mm-hmm. is bigger. It's still a double, but it's not a bunk bed. There's two separate beds, like a lot more space. There's like a couch and a TV. Wow. It's, it's pretty nice. And uh, at one of the desks, there is a person sitting there. Uh, and as you enter, he stands up and says, can I help you? We're the A-team. Ha! No, what is that? Funny no, joke. No. Oh, it's no, no, just no, a no. funny... My name's Alvin. Oh, oh, okay. So did you name the team after yourself? Yeah, it's my team. Oh, okay. okay. Why are you here? Mom, why are we here? So look at the dorms. This is my daughter. Hi there. Who is transferring in from the community college. You know, she wasn't ready for school, but I wanted to send her off to get, you know, start getting her education. And now she's ready for college. Oh, my God. I'm so excited for her to be at college. Anyway, we're just touring the dorms. And I'm the RA. The I'm just showing her around. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we're just touring. Oh, my little girl's growing up. Oh, I promised myself I wouldn't cry. <laughs> You got uh, any good advice here for a for a fresh young student? Uh, is this working, Quinn? Is it working? Do you need me to? <laughs> I'm not sure what you're trying to accomplish. They're trying to not <laughs> seem suspicious and at the same time yes. get a look around the room. I, yes. by the way, as this is happening, I am just full on walking around the way that like an excited student would kind of like inspect stuff because I figure I have a limited time before whoever this is stops us so okay the kid looks at ujr and says did you check 
it, any okay whatever yeah like Furman College is great they have you know good professors the RAs are pretty chill I haven't met you who are you Alvin I said Alvin yeah but you're an RA yeah well I just just now what happened uh, what happened to Aziz Aziz is on a sabbatical <laughs> the RA is on sabbatical yeah, well, we like to call it sabbatical, so I'm covering for him. Do you mean vacation? Well, yeah, but he's still getting paid for it. So paid vacation. Yeah, well, it's, we like to call it sabbatical because we're at a school, you know, professors get sabbaticals, RAs, we can also do sabbaticals. Listen, can I can see talk- you? Can I see your student ID, your RA badge? Oh my god! Yeah, I still got my student ID. Yeah, that's right. He does. <laughs> does it say RA? On one. No, it doesn't say RA. But that's just because I swapped in just today. Alvin, I'm going to need you to. Why are you being so nosy? I'm going to write you up. I'm going to need you to roll to manipulate someone. Uh-oh. You do get a plus one. <laughs> For the record, I don't think you needed to lie to this guy. <laughs> We don't know who he is. <laughs> Look, if we get found out, we'll just tell him why we're really there. Oh, uh, heck yeah. I got a 10. Which, plus one? No, that's with the oh, plus okay. one. okay. Sweet. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so this is a Aspen Hall dorm. Uh, what do you want to know? Can it's you actually not touch perfect. that? I believe. Uh, <laughs> ma'am, you had some questions for a student here on campus. Would you mind? Would you mind? What's your name? Oh, I'm, I'm Zach. Hey. Zach, great. This is and this is your dorm. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you guess. Well, I mean, yeah, no, it's mine. My roommate too, but he, he's sick, so he might not. He's sick? Did he is get he mono? Okay? I hear that a lot of college students get mono these days. No, I mean he's really sick. I, he might have to drop out. Oh no! Oh. What happened? Listen, I you seem nice and all, but I don't know you. I don't know if I should be talking about what's going on in his life i'm here to help constance let's resolve your investigative mystery role you've been waiting patiently (laughs) what are you looking for Uh, what are you doing as you look around so at first i'm pretending to look like i look out the window i kind of like measure up like how big the bed is but what i'm really doing is i want to look at having been a college student fairly recently what is on the desk because that's really like your only table and if there's anything like on top of the dresser. Zach's desk or Brad's desk? Brad's desk. Okay. Uh, what did you get for your investigative mystery? I got a seven. Hold one. I'll go with um, what happened here. I think you scan really the whole room. You're paying particular attention to the desk and to the dresser. But you get a good look around and it doesn't look like anything happened here. There's no sign of a struggle. There's no sign that anything was disturbed. It doesn't look like anything happened here. Okay. And Zach is looking at you, JR, and says, so I mean, like, what do you, do you have specific questions? Do, do people get sick here a lot? Is that something that happens here? I mean, not- I worry about my baby. Not like Brad, that it seemed like a weird sort of medical thing. I would like to manipulate Zach into telling me what he knows and using my grifter move, you have to tell me what will convince him to tell me what he knows about Brad. Brad is a person or Brad's illness? Brad's illness. I want to know like, what happened to him. 
you could convince him that you are law enforcement or you could make him emotionally uncomfortable by crying. Okay, we're going to go with the second one. Oh, good lord. Come on, lucky dice. Come on, lucky dice. It's a seven. They'll do it, but only if you do something for them right now to show them that you mean it. I am. I burst into tears. No. Your time is so I got got sick. How sick are we talking about? Because my baby, she's she's my she was she was she's my baby. She's my she's the only thing that I have in this world. I'm rolling my eyes. And I grab Constance in like a bear hug, and I'm just like holding her head to my shoulder. Like okay, all right, okay. This you know what? Okay, here I'll if you leave. I have, like I this paper is due in like forty five minutes. If you leave right now, I will tell you what happened to Brad. But you gotta go. Like I I don't know what you're you you're okay. making me very we can, uncomfortable. Yeah, lady. We can go. We can go. You're it's telling a, me it's been a I have to live with her. Day. I know. Okay. All right. Okay. Not for long. Not if you move here. Listen. Okay. I came back this morning. We could probably get you a spot right here. You could be neighbors, Zach. Zach, these could be a new neighbors. Okay. <laughs> I came back this morning. Brad was on the ground. He was curled up in a ball. And when I tried to wake him up, he wouldn't wake up, even though his eyes were open. He wouldn't respond to anything. And finally, I called Campus Health, and they came and picked him up. That's all I got. I don't know, I don't know what happened to him. They said he was in a coma. Was he breathing? Yeah, he was breathing. He just wouldn't respond to anything. Whoa. Thank you. Zachary, you are a kind soul. I pat Jr. on the back like, there, there, mother. Go outside and take a breather. And I kind of like wink at her. Yeah. And then like I I start to move towards the door. But like as soon as Jr. as soon as mother is out (laughs) of the room, I go. So you guys like like to party or something, right? Like that. What what do you guys really do for fun? Like what did you and Brad do for fun? What am I? What can I look forward to here? I leave with Jr. too. We hung out, we played video games, we'd go to parties, we'd drink, smoke, do homework. I don't know, this yeah. is college. Yeah, well, from what you said, it sounds like Brad maybe partied a little too hard the night before, am I right? Maybe. We were at different places. I don't I don't know what happened to him. Oh. He went to like a frat party, huh? And like my eyes go wide and big like I'm thinking about frat parties. Well, there aren't any frats at Firmament College. Oh, but, oh. I mean, he was at some house party. House parties. Cool. Cool. Like right off campus? And I like start to walk out of the room because I feel a little nervous like I'm asking too many questions. <laughs> Again, I don't I don't know where he was. Cool. Cool. Thanks for the, the room tour. We appreciate it. Yeah. And I yeah, hope you go somewhere else and he slams the door shut. <laughs> I am going to write him up something fierce. <laughs> Alvin, you know you're not really an RA, right? Kind of getting used to it, though. Yeah, you, you would be good as an RA. I would come to you with my problems. Right? Yeah, okay. you should think about that. Well, I'd have to get back in school. Hey, we can make that happen. Also, FYI, Brad was at a house party last night. Ah. Hmm. Um, team, where do we want to go next? Do we want to go check out the other dorm? I All think we should. Dorm? Yeah, let's go to the other dorm. You make your way over to the other dorm to Ponderosa Hall. Is this the one that we went to with the Strigoi? 
It is, and I imagine the experience is a little bit unsettling for all of you. Yeah. They cleaned up well? Hey, it, is the oven still out of order? Uh, no, the oven has been fixed. Okay, good. Um, Not replaced? Dear Lord. Well, okay, <laughs> it's been replaced. Thank you. Um, the dorm is much more vibrant and vital since class is actually in session and, and people are here. Right. But nonetheless, the specter of your clash with the Strigoi, your first real interaction with the supernatural looms mm-hmm. over you as you make your way up to 304. The door is shut and there is a single line of caution tape over it and a sign that reads, do not enter. All That's right, probably we're going. for someone yeah. else. Rules don't apply to us. We're going in. So you go to open the door and it is locked. Oh, well, okay. Well, well drat, gonna... foiled again. Yeah, that's too bad. I pull out my key. We can't unlock doors anymore. Hey, Alvin. Hmm? As soon as you see that key, a strange feeling comes over you. Oh, hmm. fuck. You remember that God like nice it, sensation when you touch the disc? Ooh, oh, yeah. No. You feel like that, but stronger, and yeah. your hand is going for that key before you even realize what's happening. I need you to roll to act under pressure. Hey, this is weird shit, right? This is weird shit. Dope. So that's an 11. JR, the door swings open in front of you and you put your key away. And Alvin, you slowly are able to stop your hand from moving forward and you clench your fist and you dig your nails into your own palm mm-hmm. and bring it back down to your side just as JR turns back to you. Hmm? What was that, Alvin? Hmm? Did you need something? No, just All good right, to have the key back. Thought we were yeah. foiled. I forgot. All right, let's go inside. I just forgot how great that key is. It is really great. I'm really glad to have right? it back. I don't know what it's I'd do. So if, good. Like, felt like part of me was missing when it was gone. I'm sorry. Well, this is not a good mm. time to talk about this, but I am like deeply spiritually fulfilled that now that the key is back in my possession, and you know, I don't, I don't know what I'd do if it went missing again. That's be- great. That's really great. We should chat sometime about keys and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's You're go You're both being so weird. And <laughs> usually that's me. <laughs> the dorm that greets you has a faint scent of must. Like, mm. it's been sort of cloistered off for a while. There's no one in this one to greet you. But you flip the lights on, and it looks like all the rest of the dorms in Ponderosa Hall. Nothing immediately looks askew or askance or out of order but it looks packed up. I would like to investigate a mystery. Are you just looking around the room? Yeah. That's a nine. Hold one. I would like to know what happened here. Dorian told you that this girl fell unconscious a week ago and passed away several days ago. So what happened here is that the Residence Hall Association already sort of cleared out this room and, and her effects. So if there was any evidence, it's probably not here anymore. Alvin, mm-hmm. that we might not be able to see stuff, but can you smell stuff? Oh, mm. yeah. I've also got a potential oops. Oh. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Got an oops. You see that on the desk there is a cork board. Mm-hmm. There's nothing left from what's been cleared out, but it does look like student life has sort of tried to prepare this room for like the next occupant. And there's a poster pinned up that says, beware of fishing, spelled with a PH. And Mm -hmm. there's a big cartoon fish 
that like is trying to like open a door <laughs> and it says there have been uh, increasing number of phishing attempts on campus please report any unknown or potentially spam emails to campus it there is your oops huh hmm did constance see a laptop or a phone on brad's side of the dorm room when she was looking around there was a laptop but not a phone no phone huh interesting Okay. Maybe on him. Yeah. Well, well, I may also have a lead with my sister. Uh, I need to have a talk with her eventually anyways. Yeah. Yeah, bud. You do. Well, we got a couple options. We can see if we can, if anybody else in the dorm will talk to us, or we could go and see Brad. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, those lacrosse bros really don't stick in your head, huh? (laughs) <laughs> no, no, not unless it's attached to something shiny that I can steal. Well, I mean, Zach just found his roommate and had very little to tell us. Yeah. Just makes me think that whatever we're dealing with is operating on a different plane. <laughs> Maybe Brad's up. Maybe we can get some information from Brad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that'd be good. All right. Hey, you know what's weird? What? Didn't notice a phone in the room, so he might still have it on him. We might mm. be able to track the house party he was at or something. Yeah. I hear I hear that kind of tech stuff happens, right? And I sure. look at both of them, but mainly JR. Like, I mean, I pull out my flip phone and I'm like, yeah, it's of course, technology. Cool. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Leon is alive, so we'll call him. All right, let's go to student health. Great. So the three of you open the door to this dorm room and carefully maneuver around the caution tape. And as you're doing that, the door to the dormitory across the hall opens and you see Sarah step out. And Ah. she looks at you and frowns and says, Alvin, what are you doing here? 